Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is December 21st, and it's a Tuesday, and there's two football games that are about to start. It's week 15. We're going to be talking about week 16, but what a crazy week for fantasy football and COVID-19 is raging. My name is Michael Nazareth, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast, Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good friend, a very experienced fantasy writer and player, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Well, sir, well, uh, like you said, it's kind of crazy to be talking about week 16 when week 15 hasn't even finished yet. But uh, I'm sure a lot of people are would be pretty happy to put week 15 in the rearview mirror. It was a terrible week for fantasy football. A lot of very good teams and very good players got probably eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, bye week was never more valuable than it was this year because you got to skip week 15, which has been a tragedy for most fantasy stars. Yeah, I tell you, if you unless you had the stars in the Chargers-Chiefs game on Thursday night, like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert uh, and Austin Eckler, we'll be talking about Austin Eckler here in a second, <laughs> you know, uh, you probably had a really bad week for point levels. Fortunately, you and I had a bye in FanX, so we didn't have to deal with uh, Tom Brady's low game, and we don't own Chris Godwin, but we do own Antonio Brown. We're going to be talking about him in a little bit, too. It was just a crazy week for everything, and let's start out with the COVID list. Now, the NFL has changed the pro, uh, the protocols for this, so just because uh, you have COVID doesn't mean you're out for 10 days, unless your name is Cole Beasley, which you did get COVID, and you are out for 10 days. But if you're, if you're vaccinated and you test negative, and I think you can come back within 24-hour period, if you're asymptomatic, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of rules going on, but there's a, some big names that were added to the COVID list. And just because they were added to the COVID list yesterday, Monday, or today, Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, it's 3 o'clock here in Pacific time, 6 East Coast, I mean, uh, you, you might be able to come back and play. And so a lot of people are crossing their fingers because a lot of these guys uh, got them to where they are in the playoffs. And if they don't play, they might be one and done. And this is the semifinals of most uh, fantasy football league championships here. Jared Goff, uh, the, the, uh, the quarterback for the Lions that led the big upset over the Cardinals, he's on the COVID list. Of course, we all know Taylor Heineke's not playing tonight. Uh, he's, he's still on the list in clear protocols. The big news is that there's a big uh, uh, outbreak in Kansas City. So uh, you got Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey both on the list. Uh, for Green Bay, Marcus Vaughn be Stantling, uh, New England, Kendrick Bourne, uh, the Giants, Kadaris Tony. He was injured, but he's still on it now. And also the kicker for the Chiefs, Harrison Butker. 
So uh, we're going to just dig it 24 hours by 24 hours and see if any of these guys come back and clear the protocols and they're able to play this week. If not, uh, if you've got any of these guys on your team, you better be scrambling to try and pick somebody up if you've got waivers, and you can do that because uh, nothing is a, a given in terms of them playing at all this week. As for tonight's game, if you're listening to this show live, make sure you don't start Alex Collins or Tyler Lockett or Rams tight end Tyler Habe. All those guys are on, out on the COVID list. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's just going to be a huge uh, mess this week. Uh, hopefully maybe a little bit better than last week, but uh, there's a couple of good news uh, players. The Dolphins, they've activated Jalen Waddell and Philip Lindsay from the COVID list. Lindsay's not a starter there. It's the Duke Johnson show, although people are thinking, hey, pick up Duke and start him right. Well, the offensive coordinator said that it's still going to be an RBBC with Miles Gaskin and the crew, and it's a mess down there. So anyway, uh, all these guys, monitor them on a daily basis. Make sure that you have solid replacements if you if you do if you can pick up players by Friday or Saturday before your game starts. And let's get to the big news item of the week. Unfortunately, we already mentioned uh, Tom Brady and crew got shut out against the Saints at home, and Chris Godwin took a big hit to the knee. They thought it was just an MCL sprain, then they did an MRI and found out that he is a torn torn ACL and he's gone for the year. So, however. Antonio Brown now, I believe, is healthy. They were expecting him back a week ago. Before that, before the suspension, he sat for three games. He said that he was going to be out for two more with that ankle. If he can practice this week, then he will definitely play and start probably maybe opposite Mike Evans. He's also injured. We'll talk about him in a second. Uh, Anyway, uh, there's just a lot to talk uh, what do you do if you do own Chris Godwin? Obviously, if, you, if Antonio Brown's out there, you pick him up, right, Chris? Uh, what else can you do? Well, he, he's probably not out there. I don't think anyone's going to drop Antonio Brown just because of his value. Uh, but, uh, I mean, the, the next guys up are going to be the next guys up, and we'll see what they can do. I, I, honestly, I mean, Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller have been good in, in small doses. Um, can they carry the load? Can they replace a Chris Godwin? Probably not. Realistically, it's probably just going to mean more targets for Mike Evans if he plays. For, for Antonio Brown, I think is absolutely going to get, get a lot of targets, although I think had these guys all been healthy, I think Bruce Arians might have actually seriously thought about benching his, benching his sorry butt and not letting him reach his, uh, his uh, <laughs> landmark benchmarks in his, in his statistics to get some, uh, some of those bonus monies. But Gronk will probably get more action. You know, Ronald Jones is now going to be taking over for Leonard Fournette, who was also you know, injured and is going to miss a few weeks. He's a decent pass catcher. Um, so God only knows what's going to happen here. It's going to be spreading it around, but it's probably just going to be more targets for the big names. And I don't really think anyone's going to come in and suddenly put up starter numbers like a Tyler Johnson or a Scotty Miller or anyone like that. I, I'd be surprised um, if that happened. You guys that are still out there, do check your waiver wires because I do know of one league where Antonio Brown was dropped and was not picked up. And so there was a battle over him this week. And uh, so we take nothing for granted. But I think Antonio Brown's a big winner there if he can get through the week of practice with that ankle injury. And obviously Gronkowski is going to see, continue to see more targets. Two catches on 11 targets last week. The Saints just uh, just blanketed him. And uh, Tom Brady was kind of struggling there trying to get the ball. The other guys just you know, like Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller could not get separation. The Saints play an awesome 
man to man defense uh and they uh the the Bucks are playing the Panthers, which is another good defense, but nowhere near as good as the Saints. So the so the Bucks should be able to put up some good numbers. So you people with Tom Brady, I I, I would start him if you got him. This is the the horse that got you the race. He's not going to put up a zero two weeks in a row, especially since the last time he did put up a zero was like what 2005, 2006, something like that. So you know that's how we go. Now, Chris, if you're in the semifinals. Uh, do you have any kind of uh, special fantasy advice or any any kind of advice to give anyone uh, that's preparing for the game this week? Kind of counterintuitive after week 15 was you play the studs. And you, like you said, you ride the horse that got you there. Anyone that did that in week 15 probably is not playing in week 16 as a result. But, <laughs> you know, but if, if you think about it, like you just said, what are the odds that's going to happen two weeks in a row? I mean, you know, light, lightning will just will not strike twice when all these guys that are fantasy first-rounders and, and clear – number ones in their position, all get, you know, non-starter points all at the same time. So if you've got CeeDee Lamb, you put him back in your lineup. If you've got Alvin Kamara, you put him back in your lineup. If you've got a Tom Brady, you put him back in your lineup. And you don't think twice. You don't overthink this right now. Where you look at matchups is like maybe you've got two third and fourth receivers that are pretty close. Then you play the matchups. But you're not going to bench, you know, a clear absolute starter for a schmuck just because he had one bad week and your schmuck might have another good matchup this week. You just don't do it. You'll, you'll kick yourself. And we've always talked about this before. If you've got, let's say, I'll give you two names. Let's say you've got Tom Brady and, I don't know, Taysom Hill, okay, as your two quarterbacks. Or Matt, Tom Brady and Matt Ryan, like we do in Fanex. If you bench Tom Brady and he puts up Tom Brady numbers, you are going to be livid at yourself for being so stupid. If you play Tom Brady and Matt Ryan outscores him, you'll go, huh. Well, that's unfortunate, Matt Ryan. That's whatever. You won't feel nearly as bad if you bench Tom Brady and then and screw the pooch yourself. So, don't overthink it. Play your best guys. Use the matchups only as a tiebreaker. The other thing is, uh, and you mentioned this before, you've got to watch these COVID wires and the injury wires daily, uh, almost hourly, right up to game time for all of your players because you might need to replace somebody who gets COVID inactivated the day before or the day of a game. Um, and then you're, you're scrambling or you get a zero in your lineup. So don't take anything for granted. You've seen guys that were inactivated for tonight's game. You've seen guys yesterday that were inactivated for the Monday night game. Don't assume anything until that game kicks off and you've got a guy that's in the lineup. Yep. Uh, all good advice. Uh, the only thing I can say is, thank gosh, there's only two more weeks after this week. <laughs> so, you know, we're finishing this up. Uh, I'm, 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 uh, I, I've got my favorite teams in the NHL and NBA and all, but they're pausing and, and canceling games and delaying games and all. And uh, I do not uh, envy that situation because their seasons are just now beginning or just now in the middle, getting towards the, uh, you know, the meat of the schedule. And uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, that we can kind of limp through here these last two or three weeks and then have a, a decent playoff uh, game. Of course, obviously, the playoffs are going to be affected by all this, too. But for fantasy, you know, we're, we're rapidly coming to a close here. And uh, I'm, just, I'm glad that we're not, we didn't have to put up with this kind of, uh, you know, additions, 40, 50 uh, players going on the list on Monday and one day at a time, uh, you know, put, putting, putting a, trying to put a rankings list together on Wednesday and then, and then finding out by Friday half the players on the list are, are not going to play. It's, it's not fun to make the adjustments on that, I can tell you that. Let's get through the, uh, the NFL injury list real quickly. Lamar Jackson with his ankle, he's progressing, but still a status unknown. If he can't go, then Ryan Huntley will start. 
Uh, Teddy Bridgewater concussion. Uh, he's not going to play this week. Uh, he was hospitalized. He's feeling better, but uh, he's not going to play. It's going to be Drew Locke, and he's not fantasy worthy. Uh, Daniel Jones with the neck in New York. Uh, you know, uh, my team, uh, uh, he's out for the season. They put him on IR. They want to get him well. I still don't think he's the answer long term, but, you know, it's going to a lot of changes coming to the New York Giants this offseason. Now the big name on the list. Is he on the list? Austin Eckler. It was announced that he was going on the list. Now, the transaction wire came out yesterday uh, for COVID list, and, and his name officially wasn't even on it. Now, what's interesting is the NBC Sports Edge uh, brought this up, and, uh, you know, that's the case. But they, they speculated he's going to go on the list today. Now, today we haven't heard anything one way or another. But the bottom line here is that you have to plan accordingly. So if you've got Austin Eckler, you better be picking up Justin Jackson, uh, Joshua Kelly, one of those guys. I think Jackson's next in line there. Uh, I think uh, Chris is going to talk about Jackson here shortly. Anyway. We'll obviously clear this up, and we'll have it on FF Mastermind, too, because anything that's COVID-related goes on the NFL QuickBits page as well as our premium injury QuickBits. Uh, so we'll clarify that a little bit later. Joe Mixon with his ankle. Well, he, he's going to be out one to three weeks. No, no, he's not. Uh, he could play this week. We'll see if he can play this week. It's up in the air. You mentioned Leonard Fournette with that hamstring. They said may miss a game or two. It's not 100%. We'll see if he can practice and play. If not, it's Ronald Jones. Dondre Swift of the shoulder still up in the air. Or who knows if he's going to play. Uh, Elijah Mitchell. He's got a Thursday night game against the Titans. He's going to be a game-time decision. That's what uh, the GM said there for 49ers. Carlos Hyde uh, put on IR, so he's out for the season. That means James Robinson is carrying the load for the last three games here. J.D. McKissick with the net, he's put on IR, so he's out until at least week 18 because their game, week 15, is going on right now. or so It's going to start here in the next 45 minutes. Uh, so uh, you can take uh, James McKissick, uh, J.D. McKissick off your lineup if you got him. Uh, Mike Evans, uh, he's, they say week to week, but he could play this week, so we'll see if he can get through the week here. Otherwise, it's going to be Antonio Brown and Tyler Johnson and, and uh, Scotty Miller and crew. Uh, Adam Thielen, he was close to playing Monday night, but he didn't, so he's probably got a fairly decent shot to play this week. We'll see if he can practice at all. The Titans have designated uh, A.J. Brown to return from his hamstring injury, so if he can practice here uh, the next day or so, uh, then he'll play on Thursday night. Emmanuel Sanders with a knee still up in the air there, otherwise Gabriel Davis. And we mentioned Gabriel Davis. Uh, big big uh, pat on the back to Chris Rito here. Uh, two touchdowns last week. I picked him up in one of my dynasty leagues and, and, and played him, and it got me further into the playoffs, so uh, big thumbs up there. And he's probably going to be needed again even more because uh, Cole Beasley's obviously on the COVID list, not going to play this week. He's out. So this means more targets for Gabriel Davis and Dawson Knox and all, but they're unfortunately playing the Patriots. Yeah, I know. Let's hope for a less win in this contest. Anyway, moving on over to – Back to Tennessee, Julio Jones with a hamstring. Uh, the poor guy's worthless and fancy. Uh, you know, he played a couple of snaps, hurt it again, didn't catch, got one target last week. He sat again today. Uh, I don't think he's going to play this week. Just ignore him. Rondell Moore with the ankle in, in Arizona. He's getting an MRI. We'll see what happens there. And Will Fuller, what a waste of the season there. Okay, he's suspended, and he came back, and then he broke his finger, and then he had a setback. Now he's lost for the rest of the season, so you can cut him there. A couple of tight end notes. Darren Waller, he is progressing with that knee and back. Uh, he's been running in the pool enough. He might start practicing this week and could play, but it's not a good matchup, and we'll talk more about that later. And Pat Farmuth uh, got knocked silly for the second time in like a month. So there's some concern in Pittsburgh there. His status is uncertain moving forward. I won't be surprised if he sits this week. And we'll be right back after this important 
message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, please visit us at ffmastermind.com. Like I said, I mentioned we have our NFL flagship uh, premium, uh, well, it's also premium all the time, NFL Quick Bits page, all the news, especially all the COVID guys coming on and off the list. Check that out. And once the season, the regular season's over, all of our injury news goes there, too, free. It's, it's worth checking out every day during the all-season, too. That's what we do, uh, what we do all the time. I've been doing uh, posting bits on that site for 26 years. Anyway, we're still also uh, posting free Eye in the Sky scanner reports, including those that cover the Colts for Chris Rito, and our weekly in-season fantasy newsletters, late season sales, 1099, 10.95. That's the price of a medium pizza. You can check out samples from week three and week ten for the market, as well as the inside slant from week four. Um, uh, hopefully uh, you try us out here in the next week or so, and um, we might help you win a fantasy championship. And please follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. All right, let's get to this week's picks to click and flick for week 16. Of course, everyone at week 15 start Cooper Cup. He's not on the list, on the COVID list, so he's going he's gonna to blow up as normal. <laughs> so one thing hopefully you can uh, count on. Anyway, give me a couple quarterbacks for week 16, Chris, that you like and why. You know, I was going to put Jared Goff on here this week until he got put on the COVID list a few hours ago. Uh, believe it or not, he's a good DFS play if he starts this week. But I'm going to start with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, the Titans' run defense is really good, and their pass defense is really bad. The Titans are not only the worst fantasy defense versus the quarterbacks, but they've done that by playing Tyrod and Lawrence, uh, T- Trevor Lawrence and Big Ben in the last four weeks. So they're still pretty bad overall. Um, Garoppolo has thrown multiple TDs in five of his last seven and is dealing with a rising receiving crew and a banged-up rotation in the backfield. So I can see him again having multiple TDs and pushing 300 yards with a lot of run-after-catch by guys like Kittle and Devo and Ayuk this week. And another guy I'm going to stick my neck out here a little bit and say Tyler Huntley. I I admit it, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on Lamar 2.0 in Baltimore a little bit. Um, You know, Jackson's averaged 26 points per game this season. Pretty darn good. Huntley's averaging over 30 in the last two weeks as his his replacement. And even though it's the big divisional game, I'm just not 100% sure Lamar's going to be back in action. So as of now, on Tuesday afternoon, I'm thinking Huntley's going to be in. And if he is, I would not hesitate to ride him against the Bengals defense that has allowed the fourth most passing yards and it has been run over by Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in four of his five starts in this series. I think this game should be a shootout with a lot of quarterback points available on both sides. Yeah, they're saying that a lot of people uh, uh, missed the boat on Huntley because he wasn't even drafted, and that goes for the Ravens too, but they were smart enough to, to invite him to camp as an undrafted free agent and signed him, and now he's playing better than Lamar Jackson was. Oh, there's a very small sample size there, but they're feeling pretty good with him if Jackson can't play. I agree. A couple guys uh, this, I like this coming week uh, after he uh, plays well tonight, hopefully. Matthew Stafford uh, against the Vikings de- uh, secondary. It's terrible. I know the Bears didn't put up much against them, 
them uh, on Monday night, but uh, it, it is the Rams, and the Rams are hitting on all cylinders. They've righted the ship there. They, they've got OBJ. He got through the COVID list okay, and Cooper Cup, and, of course, uh, Van Jefferson. Uh, they got everybody on board. I think even uh, uh, Daryl Henderson is going to play tonight. So uh, I think Safford's a really good uh, play next week against the Vikings. And uh, Joe Burrow, uh, I know that, uh, that you say, hey, well, they're playing the Ravens, but, you know, it's a home game, and also uh, you beat the Ravens early this year and had a huge game connecting well with Jamar Chase, so I think at home uh, against the Ravens, he's going to have a big rebound against a team he struggled uh, in Denver on Sunday, so if you got Joe Burrow, don't be afraid to start him again this week. A um, couple of guys I'm concerned about, Mac Jones, well, he didn't even have to throw a couple weeks ago to beat the Bills, but he, I think he's going to have to throw this week, and the Bills secondary is still darn good, so I wouldn't expect much uh, from Mac Jones. And uh, Big Ben, uh, you know, the, the improved Chiefs secondary now has them the number one seed in the AFC to make the, the playoffs, and I think it's going to cause Big Ben to struggle. Uh, the running game's kind of been sputtering. Uh, Big Ben maybe will get some passes out to Deontay Johnson there, but uh, overall I don't think he's going to have one of his better games, so I'd be careful about that. And that's why I put him on my, on my flick list. So what about you, Chris, a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? Uh, I'm going to start with Matt Ryan. I mean, don't look now, but the Lions are actually getting better. Uh, in the last month, they've won twice over playoff teams. They lost two games on final second field goals. And they lost a road game with 25 guys injured on the COVID list. They're doing it with smoke and mirrors and practice squad guys but with a ton of heart. And most of all, they've been limiting the fantasy quarterback a lot, allowing zero or one touchdown passes in five of their last seven games and under 250 passing yards in five of those seven games, under 19 points per game over the last seven. Ryan has only thrown three touchdowns in his last six games total and is averaging under 14 points per game in his last eight games with three single-digit games, avoid at all costs. And I don't like Derek Carr this week. Uh, only four touchdowns in the last four weeks total and an average of under 17 points per game, despite playing a bunch of bottom-dwelling fantasy pass defenses. He has four games in his last five under 16 fantasy points as well. And for some reason, he rarely performs well versus Denver at home. For his career, he is averaging just over 200 yards per game in seven games, and his last three are averaging 175 with a total of one touchdown pass. When you couple this with Denver's solid pass defense, they've allowed under 215 passing yards four of their last five. And a short week and a high-energy road trip last weekend, I think this is a recipe for a fall-flat outing. Okay, how about the running backs? A couple of running backs you like this week and why? Uh, I love James Robinson. As you saw last week, the removal of Urban Meyer and his OSU love for the now-injured Carlos Hyde means that James Robinson can go back to being the touch hog and the snap hog in the Jacksonville backfield. He is volume-driven and a great goal lineback. And he would be in line for a big workload versus any opponent, but the Jets are a mouth-watering foe for a feature back like him. So Robinson should easily surpass 100 total yards and at least one score. I mean, right now, Jackie Robinson could rush for 100 yards and a score against his defense. And if he were alive today, he'd be 103 years old. So I, I'm, I think Robinson should go off this week. And then I like Justin Jackson. A little bit of a sneaky pickup, especially in deeper leagues if you need a viable flex for your playoff game. You mentioned earlier Eckler's been dealing with an ankle injury, and he split carries evenly with J.J. last week, with Jackson looking much better. And the reports this week of Eckler being sick and missing practice and may or may not having COVID bear watching, but the missed time bodes well for J.J. to at least garner a share in the backfield with a 31st-ranked run defense of the Texans on tap. In a game just full of kill-the-clock carry potential, I look for Jackson to get enough volume to make him worth consideration at at least a flex with tremendous upside if Eckler sits. 
Okay. A couple of guys I like this week. Uh, well, Cordero Patterson's coming off his worst game of the entire year. Uh, but uh, guess what? He does get the Lions, and I know that they're having trouble. Uh, they're limiting, uh, actually, uh, the quarterback with the passing and such. You can still run on them, and that's what Patterson seems to do best. Uh, he'll catch passes there, and he'll also get most of the carries. So if you got Patterson, you're you're going to auto-start him and feel but much better about him this week. Uh, in, that, in that also, the same game, Craig Reynolds uh, – well, you know, he, he's been producing nightly since he's starting. And if um, DeAndre Swift is ruled out again this week, then Craig Reynolds should see most of the carries there, and they can beat the Falcons on the ground. So if you need a running back there, Craig Reynolds, I like this week. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, Jeff Wilson, Jr. The Titans have allowed only three rushing scores since week five. Yep. And also, of course, Elijah Mitchell might play in that game. If he if he does start, uh, if he plays, he'll probably start, and then he'll relegate Wilson to with just a handful of carries. He'll be careful there. Antonio Gibson, uh, wow, the Cowboys really shut him down two weeks ago. Uh, what has changed since? Not much. Uh, Gibson probably get more touches, but, you know, he's, he's just not as quick on third down with the ball as J.D. McKissick there. Uh, you know, the, the Cowboys will key on him too, so I'd be careful there. It's a, kind of a temper your expectations type situation. How about you, Chris? Uh, a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? Uh, I hate Chuba Hubbard this week. Uh, I mean, the CMC replacement has fizzled badly along with the rest of Carolina, and those that hope to get RB1 potential off the waiver wire were likely eliminated with his performances last week. Chuba's not even getting snaps and touches with CMC out. Amir Abdullah's dominated both of those categories in the last two weeks. And even if they get in close accidentally, Cam's going to be the ball carrier instead of Chuba on the goal line. And I'm not even commenting on playing the Bucks' number one fantasy defense or the fact the defense is coming in a little bit pissed off after last week. Just stay away. I mean, I might actually consider Abdullah as a flex in PPR leagues with Carolina trailing and Tampa allowing a lot of pass catching, but even that's risky. And then I'll, I'll say Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Zeke has not rushed for more than 52 yards since before the week seven bye. And over the last three weeks since hurting his ankle, he has been the RB number 32 in PPR, even with Pollard missing one game and playing hurt this last week. Zeke is obviously not right. So with their huge lead in the standing and the fact they may have actually clinched if, uh, you know, three hours from now Washington has lost their game tonight, I don't see a lot of action going forward for Zeke until the playoffs. Um, they've all, Zeke has also been held to a total of 122 yards and 20 PPR points in the last three games against Washington combined. He is not only a caution play for me this week, he is a fit for me this week. Okay. How about uh, wide receivers? A couple wide receivers you like this week and why? Uh, I'm going to start with T. Higgins. Like, like you, I, I also like Burrow to have a big game in the shootout, especially with Mixon's a little bit limited. But I like T. Higgins to have the bigger game here, as he often has had the most tar- been the most targeted Bengal in this matchup. He's averaged 12 targets per game against the Ravens in his career. Um, after Chase exploded for 200 yards against Baltimore earlier, he's sure to get some extra attention. And Boyd was huge last week with Higgins a bit slowed. But T also had 15 targets in that game back in October and a string of three straight 100-yard games until playing hurt against a good defense last week. I think with less attention than Chase and a weak secondary, Higgins explodes again this week. And then I'd really like this youngster, Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, he's actually third in targets and fifth in PPR points per game over the last three weeks. And he's a waiver wire picket that's carried some fantasy teams down the stretch with two of those games against solid pass defenses. Um, this week's opponent is anything but a solid pass defense. The Falcons have allowed amongst the most of all receiving categories for receivers. The big question is whether or not Jared Goff plays. Um, he entered the COVID list, but he is vaccinated and could clear. In the week 11 game that Tim Boyle started, St. Brown is the only guy that was targeted more than once that's actually still active for the Lions, so he's probably going to be a favorite of Tim Boyle as well. 
Okay. A couple of wide receivers I like this week. Uh, Jameson Crowder for the Jets. I know I don't put uh, many Jets on the uh, click list these days, but guess what? They're playing the, the Jaguars, and it's like one of the worst secondaries in the league right now, and Jameson Crowder is the number one with Elijah Moore out as well as Corey Davis out for the rest of the year. So I think he's going to score on the Jaguars or at least catch four or five, six passes like he did this past week. Solid game, so if you need him, start him. And Jamar Chase, I already mentioned this. He burned the Ravens for 201 yards and a score back in week seven. I think he's going to do it again, maybe not to, to the point of 200 yards, but I think uh, 100 or so. He, he had a, a terrible game last week, just one catch there. They're going to be looking to get him involved. This is a very important game. The Bengals jumped to the front of the AFC uh, Central standards there, the uh, North standing Central. <laughs> North standings, and uh, so they need Chase to be productive, and they're going to get him involved this week. A couple of guys I'd say temper my expectations over the first guy is obviously you're going to start him. Stephon Diggs, temper your expectations against the Patriots for obvious uh, reasons there. You know, he's had success against them, but, uh, you know, in the win game, not much there. Uh, hopefully he'll have a little bit more success. You're going to start him. Uh, just, you know, cross your fingers and hope maybe he might get a score there. And then Kenny Galladay, what a free agent bust. I know the guy's talented and all, and they've been trying to get him the ball, but guess what? Kenny Galladay has not scored in 2021. Why would he score this week with no Daniel Jones? It's just a messy situation. Just avoid him, and I'd, I'd look elsewhere, not even look at any of the giant wide receivers, but especially Kenny Galladay. Um, how about you, Chris, a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why? Uh, A.J. Green has actually a great history against Indy with four touchdowns in five games and a ton of targets, but those were a long time ago in Cincinnati. He has just not produced as a Cardinal in games with Nuke out and has not scored a touchdown since week six. This looks like a bit of a contrarian play with some of that history, but Green is simply not the kind of receiver that gives the Colts pass defense trouble. They can't do speed well, which fits more into the wheelhouse of a Rondale Moore and a Christian Kirk, the big technicians like Green can get covered by Rhodes one-on-one, so they do okay with that. Amazingly, the Colts are number two against the wide receiver in the last five weeks, and they've not allowed a wide receiver to post more than 52 yards since week nine, uh, even though several games have had high-power passing attacks or large deficits with a lot of attempts. So I think A.J. Green is not, not as, as highly rated as a lot of people might think this week with this matchup. And then I don't like Chase Claypool. You know, after his shenanigans at the end of the game in week 14, you think he might try to step it up a little bit in week 15, but he laid a total goose egg. Um, his snaps have actually fallen behind Ray Ray McLeod for three straight games, and he's been erratic at best while angering the head coach. That's not a good combination. And after a huge touchdown-dependent rookie season, he's had a really strong regression with only one score this year, and he's only once topped 14 PPR points since week five with five of his nine games in single digits. You get that risky usage with this Chiefs defense. It's been anything but erratic recently and only really been beaten by slot receiver type guys. I think Claypool owners could be looking at another long day. Okay, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? Uh, I like Zach Ertz this week. What's not to like? It's a perfect storm for him. Nuke Hopkins is out to free up targets. Uh, Ertz has had 18 targets the last two weeks and nearly had three more touchdowns with, with penalties and, and stops at the goal line. You know Ertz wants to show his old offensive coordinator, Frank Reich, what he's missing after not pulling a trigger on a widely talked about trade all season, despite some dalliances there. I think Murray and the whole team is looking to amp up their offense after an embarrassing loss to Detroit last week. And frankly, the Colts' defensive scheme and personnel is just ridiculously unable to cover a decent tight end. So Ertz should be a big part of the play that the game plan this week. And I like Cole Komet. Uh, lost in the struggles of this Justin Fields-led offense, and I use that term loosely, <laughs> is that uh, Cole Komet has quietly become a target hog. And in PPR, opportunity is the huge key to potential. He's not found the end zone the last month, but in that time, he's fourth in tight end targets, third in catches, and sixth in yards. And this was against four teams in the bottom half of tight end generosity. 
for the, from a fantasy perspective. This week they get the Seahawks, who have been among the most generous to the tight end all year and the second worst over the last month. Seattle's allowed five tight end touchdowns their last four games, and they still have one to play tonight, so there might be a chance here for Cole Komet to get in the end zone as well. Okay, a couple of clicks for me at tight end. Uh, these are more based on matchups uh, for lesser-known tight ends. Noah Fant, remember him? Yeah, he was all the rage start of the season and kind of fizzled out. Uh, but guess what? He plays the Raiders this week, and they've allowed nine tight end scores in 2021, so there's a good shot there that he scores. And then, of course, in Cincinnati uh, with C.J. Uzuma, uh, the Ravens have allowed eight tight end scores, and I believe that uh, Uzuma might have been one of those scores when they played back in Week 7. Uh, anyway, if you need Uzuma, uh, pick him up and start him, and that's what you and I did, uh, Chris, uh, since we lost Hawkinson and Austin Hooper's on the COVID list. So, you know, there's, these are the types of moves that people need to make in order to win championships, hopefully, fingers crossed. A couple of guys I'm cr- not uh, crazy about this week, Jack Doyle, the Cardinals play the tight end very tough, and Doyle just hasn't been used very much in recent weeks here. And Dawson Knox, uh, they may need him a little bit more, so I kind of put this uh, in before Cole Beasley was uh, put on the COVID list, but the Patriots are the best at defending the tight end, and Dawson Knox has one of his worst games with a couple of drops when they blast played him in the win game. So uh, I, as a Dawson Knox owner, I hope he does come through, but, you know, it's not a good situation here, so he's still one of my flicks. How about you, Chris, a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why? Yeah, Uzoma actually had two touchdowns against the Ravens last time, so he's, he's really Woo-hoo! a bigger one. Uh, uh, I don't like Hunter Henry this week. He absolutely lit up my Colts, as I predicted here last week, but this week I'm telling you to send him back to your bench. He is absolutely touchdown dependent, and the Bills just don't give up many. In fact, they don't give up much of the tight end at all. The second fewest catches allowed to the position, and last week was Henry's first game with more than five targets since week five. So unless New England gets to play Indy again this week, don't chase last week's points and realize that Henry is in for a far rougher game. Yes, I know he posted a zero against Buffalo a few weeks ago, too. But to be fair, that was a game with only three pass attempts, so I'm not reading too much into that. And I don't like Darren Waller. Uh, the Broncos have not allowed a tight end to get more than 28 yards since week nine. And have allowed only one tight end to score a touchdown all season. Now, with the struggles of the Vegas passing game and Waller's bulky knee, I just don't trust him to be a factor this week either. And even if he sits, I have even less confidence in Foster Moreau. Division rivals have focused on taking Waller away this year. He's averaging only four catches for 43 yards in three games against the AFC West in 2021. Sit Darren Waller. You've got to have a better option. Okay, time for one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them. I uh, like Mike Badgley. He's still under 10% owned despite nine straight games at seven or more points. And he's facing an Arizona team that has allowed 12-plus fantasy kicker points three of their last five games and multiple field goal attempts in four of their last five games. And then here's an unknown guy, Riley Patterson. He's totally unknown, unowned and unknown. He's been money for Detroit, made all 15 of his kicks, and is the overall kicker number five in the last three weeks. And kicking indoors against a bad team. You can't ask for much more in December. A couple of defenses. I love Seattle at home against Chicago. Uh, Fields is good for multiple turnovers and crazy sacks, even without a long trip across the country and a Seattle crowd. Uh, and they have the fourth lowest scoring offense. They've allowed three straight double-digit scores to opposing fantasy defenses. So what's not to like about Seattle at home? And then I actually like Vegas at home against Denver. Um, Vegas can get some pass rush, and they get to run at Drew Locke this week instead of Teddy Bridgewater. They have only two double-digit fantasy games in the last two seasons, and both are against Denver, including once earlier this year. That's crazy. That is some crazy stuff. All right, uh, thank, we want to thank everyone for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Lazarek. We'll see you all next week when we preview, yes, week 17. Uh, that's the 28th. That's after Christmas, people, in our season finale. 
Good night, and good luck to everyone still playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.